0: Episode number 93 of the Between the Cracks podcast, I am your host Bill, and with me as always is my co-host Chris. (laughs) Chris, we have been on extended hiatus, but bud, here we are, we are back at it.
1: Oh, and uh, I couldn't be happier to be sitting in a dark room uh, that's 95 degrees to
0: record. Yes, indeed. We are going through a massive heat wave (laughs) here in New York. And it's about 92 degrees, and uh, we're both dying here. The ACs have to be shut off whilst we do this. So that, in turn, adds a little bit of urgency (laughs) to uh, tonight's recording, Chris. So, Chris, with that said, we must... And I mean we must get on with tonight's show. Tonight, we are going to be discussing the disturbing case of the Turpin family. Now prior to me bringing this case up to you, Chris, uh, were you aware of the goings on with this family at all?
1: You know, normally I say no because I really pretty much never have heard of any of our cases that we've done, but... I think I recall hearing about this in the news because of how wacky it was.
0: Yes, and it's actually one of our more recent cases that we've covered, <laughs> where we're no longer in the 1920s or 30s or 40s. Here we are in present day in uh, 2018, to be exact. I think for the most part, people probably are familiar with this case, but more so than the case itself, I think everybody and their mother will uh, recognize the mugshot O David Turpin. This guy is one of one ugly individual he's like a mix between captain kangaroo and uh and gargamel from the smurfs so i mean there's a lot (laughs) that we need to unravel here and i'm laughing at this guy's picture but i'm not laughing at the severity of the case because this is truly one of the most disturbing cases that we have ever covered chris i mean i think maybe we should give a brief synopsis and then we uh as i always like to say we'll go backwards to go forward So, the Turpin family was a family consisting of a mother and father, David Turpin and Louise Turpin, and their 13 children. Yes, you heard me correct, Chris. 13 children. Now, it sounds like a very full family. You would assume with a family that large, there would be tons of interaction with the community and other relatives of the extended family family. But no, that's not the case here. It seems that David and Luis were, for all intents and purposes, imprisoning and torturing these 13 children for upwards of three decades. Because, Chris, as it's noted, the children at the time that the Turpins were found out ranged in age from 2 to 29 years old. So we're gonna ask ourselves, how the hell could this have even happened? How could this have gone unnoticed for so very long? For 30 years, nobody did anything to help these children. That was the case until 17-year-old Jordan Turpin escaped from the family home and made a 911 call to police on that fateful day of January 14th, 2018. So, uh, Chris, I mean, that's just the brief synopsis. It is officially time to go backwards so we can go forward. Our story begins on October 17th of 1961 in, oh, your hometown, Chris, Princeton, West Virginia.
1: Oh, it's my favorite town.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, it seems that on October 17th of 1961... Our man of the hour here, David Alan Turpin, was born. And from all accounts, David was a very bright young man. He was involved in quite a few activities in school. I believe he might have been in band. And I know that he was in your favorite club, uh, the chess club, Chris. What? Yeah. You know, he was, uh, I wouldn't say he was necessarily popular. But uh, he did have. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say?
0: No, no, no! <laughs> About people
1: playing chess? <laughs> no, I'm just. No, saying... <laughs> no, you're done, bud. <laughs> I'm
0: just saying. That generally speaking, the chess club group isn't necessarily <laughs> synonymous with um the you know the maybe the athletic group or whatnot. So nonetheless, (laughs) David here was an avid chess player, okay? That's one of the clubs he was involved in. He came from a very religious family. And for the most part, he seemed like a normal guy. Well, that all changed when he was about 17 years old. Because that's when he met Luis, his future wife. Now you may say, what's so bizarre about that? Well, it seems that David began to have feelings of love for Luis. He even claimed to have fallen in love with her. The one problem, Chris? At the time, Luis was 10 years old.
1: Oh, fuck.
0: So yeah, we have a kitty fiddler on our hands for the most part. I don't know if they were in a relationship at that point, but that's when David began taking interest in Luis. Take that as you will. As the story progresses, the two end up getting married in 1985 when, get this, David was 23 and Luis was but 16 years old.
1: Jesus.
0: So now we're, we're kind of building um, a little foundation for the character traits of David here right now at this point Luis is still a child and she is indeed a victim of David let's call a spade a spade this is obviously pedophilia Luis's family initially objected to it but they ended up granting her permission because she said she wanted to be in the relationship she was in love with David at that point they were allowed to go through with the aforementioned marriage and immediately upon getting married David and Luis left Princeton, West Virginia, to head to Fort Worth, Texas. And that is where David took on a job as an engineer at Lockheed Martin. And apparently, this was a very well-paying job, upwards of six digits, Chris. So, on one hand, we have this very smart, articulate, church-going young man. And on the other hand, we have uh, some form of a sexual deviant. So, uh, there's a lot to unravel here. So, as they're getting acclimated with their life in uh, Fort Worth, Texas here, they begin uh, telling family members that God has, quote-unquote, called on them to have a number of children, and they had a goal of having 13 children, and as we mentioned in the beginning, they did indeed follow through with that goal. They had 13 children. It was at this point when they were first married, when David was 23 and Louise was 16, they would still stay in touch with their families, and they would make the trip back to West Virginia to visit family and friends, if they had any. But at the time of their first child being born, the family of both Louise and David started to realize that they were beginning to drift apart a little bit they were kind of keeping to themselves a little bit more they weren't keeping in touch as much so through the years during their time in fort worth they just continued to have child after child after child and by 1999 the couple left fort worth texas and they moved into the city of rio vista texas now here's the interesting thing uh, apparently with the growing family, they felt that they needed more room, or at least that's how they tried to play it off, although neighbors said that the couple was somewhat odd. They were never really seen during daytime hours. They did most of their outside activities at night. All right, maybe they're night owls, we don't know. But there were some instances where neighbors said that, that they caught the Turpin's marching their children around in circles as if it was some kind of ritual. And I bring that up because in uh, 1999, when they left Fort Worth, although the exterior of the house looked great, it was very well kept, it seems that when they moved, it was found out just how filthy the inside of the house was. It seems that when they left this house, Chris, there was all kinds of stains on the rugs, on the walls... Food left all over the place. It looks like the inside of the house had not been cleaned in years. And it was even noted that the smell was so unbearable that it was tough to even stay within the parameters of that residence. So keep that in your back pocket because that's going to come back into play. So as we said, the couple moved to Rio Vista and got another place. And the same thing ends up happening. And at this point in 2007, Chris, the Turpins now have 10 children. Counted 10 children and get this. I saw this. I believe it was on 2020 or Dateline or one of those TV shows. They had a fairly large house, but get this. They actually purchased a double wide trailer to put on the back of that property because the inside of the house was once again, so filthy that even the Turpins deemed it unlivable. David and Luis take their 10 children and move into that double wide trailer on the back of their property. Chris, can you imagine? These poor children, I mean, from the start of their life, they're facing these obstacles that no child should have to face. But now we find out these children have been living in complete and utter squalor. Now we come to find out at this point, Chris, that all was not obviously as it seems within the uh, the life of the Turpins because... They had a fairly large income, with David making six figures, but it seems that they were behind on all of their payments. On the house, the cars that they purchased, their credit cards, it was actually noted that they maxed out all of their credit cards. So how they constantly got away with buying a house or renting a place and buying cars or leasing cars, whatever they were doing, they were able to continuously do this, even though they had to eventually file for bankruptcy, not once, but multiple times. They're trying to put forth this image with the exterior of the house being beautifully kept, having the nice cars and everything else. But inside the walls of that house, it's basically hell on earth.
1: And the the crazy thing about this too is like, their goal is to reach this 13 children mark, right? Meanwhile, with each child... That's one more mouth to feed that they're not really feeding. The amount of food that they're putting out for these kids is not enough to feed all of them. They were more fixated on having this X number of kids that God told them to have, than actually taking care of any of the existing kids that they have at the time.
0: We come to find out that that's exactly what was happening. They were indeed, for all intents and purposes, starving their children. Now, the, the children were given food to eat, But they would often have to eat food that was already rotting, drink sour milk, and have very little access to water. And the children later on even said that some of their meals were just ketchup and mustard. Just absolutely horrible. The abuse and neglect ended up continuing through the years. That's when in 2010, the Turpins moved out of the property in Rio Vista. This is when the facade of the Turpins starts to crack a little bit because that's when neighbors entered the home after they had left because they were very curious about this this family. They were like they have all these children who people barely see. They only come out at night. They're doing very odd rituals. They had a trailer delivered to the back of the property. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. So once they saw that That this couple abandoned this property. They went inside to see what was going on. And I actually saw some of the pictures. And it is. It's disturbing. Stained rugs. Stained walls. All the same shit that happened at that first property. But the weird thing here is. That. One of the neighbors said. And there's actually a picture of it. That they noticed a rope tied to one of the bed frames. But. didn't think anything of it. And really, you can't blame them. How could you? Because, you know, kids play games or whatnot. They tie ropes to different things. If I saw a rope tied to a bed, I wouldn't necessarily think anything of it. You know, because these people had no contact with these children. And, you know, furthermore, you may ask, how did the schools not report any bizarre happenings with the Turpin children? (laughs) Well, Chris, that's because your twin, David Turpin, filed his property as a school, essentially being a homeschool setup. But in Texas, and we come to find out where they move next, the state of California, none of the education departments or the fire departments that were supposed to do safety checks never checked in on this. So all these kids went without notice for the entire time of this abuse.
1: And as you mentioned before about that trailer they had on the property, they only take the two youngest with them to the trailer, and they leave the rest of the children to fend for themselves, basically bringing them groceries once a week, but the food was never enough to feed all of them. So they, as you said, they're basically starving and resort to eating, like you mentioned, ketchup or mustard, just just condiments, whatever they they could get their hands on to, to sustain themselves.
0: They abuse these children so bad, not only physically, but mentally. They had the children so fearful that they were indeed allowed to stay by themselves because they knew that these kids wouldn't dare try to escape due to the fear of what the punishment would be. And they took the younger children with them to the trailer as a way to kind of train them and evoke fear in the smaller ones that the older ones had been experiencing for decades.
1: First of all, they've only known this kind of lifestyle, so they don't know any better. They're not thinking to themselves, you know, we're this isn't the way we're supposed to live. Let's get out of here. I mean, for many, many years, these kids have just been living in conditions like this for so long. They just, that's normal to them. So they don't even question it. And it's just like, you've got to be the worst possible person to treat children like literal animals. And I think you mentioned they actually treated their own animals better than their.
0: Children. Yeah, uh, it, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but uh, that seemed to indeed be the case. And it's not only treating children badly, but you're treating your own children like this. I mean, this is just pure evil. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. These people are absolutely sick.
1: Yet they call themselves devout Christians and they're uh, producing whoa, children whoa, because whoa. of God.
0: Don't. Chris, you're very nice. But, uh... Well, listen, I don't give
1: a shit, pal.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's always the ones that see themselves in the best light that always seem to be hiding a little something, isn't it? So, here we go. Let's continue with the story, Chris, because I am truly burning alive in this office, and I've got to get the hell out of here within the next half hour. Please. So, now uh, the year is 2014. So, as I said, in 2010, they leave that Rio Vista property, they move around Texas for a little bit. And by 2014, the Turpins find themselves living in Paris, California. Now, this town is pretty much halfway between San Diego and Los Angeles. And you got to see this house. This house is a, a beautiful, modern, four-bedroom house with an attached garage with a meticulous lawn and landscape. It, beautiful. You would never in a million years expect something as horrifying as what we're going to tell you was taking place inside this house. So now they're in Paris, California, and the same shit's going on. They're living their lives as night owls. Basically, they slept all day, and they didn't wake up till early to late evening, and then they'd be up to six or seven in the morning. So basically, they lived their lives while the rest of the world was sleeping. And some neighbors even said, you know, that they would be outside doing <laughs> doing yard work at midnight. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's a small little side note, but it's definitely something that would catch my eyes if one of my neighbors were doing it. Chris? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, uh, I think I would be a little uh, perplexed if I looked out the window at the middle of the night and happened to see a family doing yard work. But uh, if you know the movie of The Burbs...
0: I'm like, yes, this is, uh, this is why, you know, you have to keep a neighborhood watch and keep your eyes on everybody.
1: Absolutely. Especially if they're your neighbors.
0: Yes. That's why I try not to get too involved with my neighbors at all. I I keep them at a distance, Chris. So yeah, it it would definitely be very odd to see people out in the middle of the night working on your yard. I, I myself would not like it. And it would definitely be something that I would be very suspicious of, but once again, they need to keep up with uh, their image. So, what they ended up doing, this is so weird, within the walls of the house, all hell's breaking loose, but in the exterior, on the outside, it looks like just your average American family, like these people who living in the American dream. Because at this point, they have 13 children, as we mentioned, and neighbors said they'd go by and they would see 13 bikes lined up outside the garage, But get this, Chris, they still had the price tag on them. So the kids were never even allowed to ride them.
1: So it's just literally for the image to make it look like as if they're a normal family.
0: Yes, and then it went even further and, and darker than that. Inside the house, the children had tons of new clothes, but the tags were still on the clothes. David and Luis would actually buy them food. They'd buy pies and cakes, whatever, but leave them to rot. If they dare try to have a piece or try to eat anything without the permission of David and Luis, the kids would be punished severely, both physically and mentally. And remember I mentioned that rope that was found tied to the bed in Texas. One of the punishments for the children was to be tied to their beds. Some of the children were able to escape from the ropes, so it only got worse. Instead of ropes, they began chaining the children to the beds. So they're doing all this but putting on a show for all onlookers. And they continued with this charade for a very long time. And uh, something I forgot to mention earlier is that David and uh, Luis were extremely obsessed with all things Disney. You know, like the Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and all that shit. They had season passes. They would take the kids to Disney and fly family out to come visit them and go to Disney with them. But they had no money. They were charging everything, so it was all just a big lie. But I'm always suspicious when adults—this <laughs> may lose a couple fans—are <laughs> obsessed with uh, Disney. I mean, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> it's whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, yes, it's enjoyable to maybe go walk around. But you know, when you start seeing the jean jackets with a uh, like Mickey Mouse on them and shit,
1: I will say I—I I think I know a couple people who are Disney oh, no, obsessed. No, no. no, no. <laughs> Well, it's certainly not me, but, um, you know, some people take Disney into their, like, weddings, you know what I mean? Like, they have the Disney-themed weddings.
0: Yeah, the only thing I know about so... Disney is that anytime I've gone at my stress levels are through the roof, there's just way too many people, and all I found myself doing is watching my wallet and just watching the money just disappear.
1: Dude, unbel- I mean, you would know more than me, but I have heard absolute horror stories with the pricing of everything there.
0: Oh, I, I truly don't think I'll, I'll ever go back. I took a Disney cruise with the kids, God, like 10 years ago. And and back then, it was expensive. So we're talking a, a decade ago. I can't even imagine what the prices would be now at Disney because they actually ports. Uh, along uh, the coast of Florida, and then you take a bus into uh, Disney World. So, I mean, that was the last time I was there. But yeah, at that point it was just out of control, man, and I couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. But that, like I, I saw them walking around, like I said, they got the mouse ears on and all the shit. So they get, there's people out there that get really into this. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm not saying that if you have a family member or a friend or you yourself are into Disney, <laughs> that you need to be added to a watch list or something. But you know, I'm just you know, it, it's just something that. Um,
1: <laughs> Queen, we know what you're saying. There, but. It's
0: something that's out there, Chris. But please, Chris, enough about you. Let's continue. Now they're taking the kids to Disneyland out in Anaheim and taking pictures. One of the famous pictures is uh, the Turpin standing there with the kids, all 13 of them, and they're all wearing, like, I don't know what that thing is for, like Thing 1 and Thing 2, the shirts. It's yeah. like a red shirt. It's just Thing 1 and or other Dr. Ones are, Seuss. Yeah, that's what it is. So, like, yeah, but they're all standing there, and, like... the. There's 13, so it's like thing 13, so it's as lame as it sounds. The, the fascination with Disney got so bad, Chris, that it. it's later revealed that the Turpins had vanity plates. One saying D-land, and the other one said D-L forever. What? Yeah, that's how into Disney they were, Chris. I mean, maybe not as much as you, but they were definitely into <laughs> Disney nonetheless. At this point, from the outside, it looks like, hey, they're doing well. They have money to support their family. They're living in Southern California. They got season passes to Disney. Kids seem happy when they're out. But uh, things are only getting darker. Because it's at this point that David and Luis start getting into... uh, How do I want to say this, Chris? Allowing other partners into their... Relationship, I guess you would call that swinging. Am I right, Chris?
1: Who the fuck would swing with these oh, two? Man, a real question. God,
0: oh, God, God bless that poor soul. So oh. anyway, as the story goes. David would drive Luis to a hotel to meet some guy that they met online, and she would then videotape herself having sex with this guy while David waited outside in a car. I mean, these people have lost their goddamn minds at this point. And if you want to swing, you swing. (laughs) You do whatever the hell you want. But in in the, the scheme of what we're talking about tonight, I mean, these people just do not have any kind of conscience or morality within them at all, yet they constantly present themselves as steadfast Christians. You better be careful! Louise got so into her new form of uh, Christianity here, I mean, I hesitate to even call it that, to the point where she was getting involved with snake handling, Chris. You know, like, uh, or what they call serpent handling. And this is often found in uh, places... Within uh, the Appalachia region where, you know, some people, I guess they even get bit by these venomous snakes to prove that they can survive it or some shit. I don't know. But anyway, that's what she was getting into. And in addition to that, she was also beginning to speak in tongues. I'm wondering who has the, the, the control here in this relationship. Is it old Gargamel here or is it Luis? This is very odd. So, Chris, let's just keep moving along. You're not gonna believe this, bud. I'm personally tied into this story. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I posted it on my personal Facebook page. I didn't put it on on the, the Between the Cracks page, but m- maybe I will. Uh, it seems, <laughs> I, and I'm not involved in this story directly. I'm just I, I have a, uh, a Kevin Bacon type deal, a six degree separation from uh, one of the characters that's going to come up. Remember, I said that the Turpins loved going out in public and showcasing their children and their love for each other. They'd be at Disney. They would do all these other type of events. They were even trying to get their own TV show to make a docu series on their life with these thirteen children. So, their public image was very important to them. They even had their own Facebook page where they would post pictures, and people were saying, "Oh, what a great mom! What a great family!" It was all lies. But one of the social media posts that seemed to make its way uh, around and it's still available on YouTube is when um, the couple, just as they were obsessed with going to Disneyland, were just as obsessed with going to Vegas. And it seems that nearly every time they went to Vegas, they went there with the purpose of renewing their vows. They would renew their vows at a place called the Elvis Chapel. That's right, Chris. They had their vows renewed by an Elvis impersonator. And now this video is available online. It's all over the place. That's where I come to the picture, Chris. The Elvis impersonator, his name is Kent Ripley, and I was actually out in Vegas, oh God, years and years ago, <laughs> and I showed you the picture. Bud, I got a picture with Kent Ripley. I met this guy.
1: <laughs> and I will tell you, the... The look this guy has is uncanny. He is the king.
0: How is that not Elvis? He
1: <laughs> How is, is it the not king. him? I swear <laughs> it's him.
0: Yeah, so I actually have a picture with this guy. And in, in retrospect, you know, I, I feel bad for him because this. He got to know this family just from coming to their chapel to renew the vows. So he would post these videos not having any idea what the hell was going on. And every time, they would bring their children with them. And the last one, the the, the video that's floating around online, it shows Luis, who now has cut her long hair and dyed it somewhat reddish, like a reddish brunette. She looks very happy and exuberant. And then you got uh, Moe there from the Three Stooges just wearing his tuxedo. And he still looks like hell. Visually, just looking at a, a picture and looking at this video, they seem like a very happy family. Albeit weird having that many children, but nonetheless, they're bringing them out in public. None of the kids are saying anything. Elvis himself is not picking up on any signs. And that was that, because that was the last ceremony that Ripley performed for them. And I think that was in 2015. And Ripley even says, and I quote here, he goes, I saw this family... In a very unique situation that most people don't have with that many siblings, I see this family in a unique situation, having each other, living in California. Father had a very, I mean, I was told he was an engineer. To me, that's a fairly decent, highly intelligent job where you are respected in your community and the smiling children's faces. So how the hell could Ripley know anything? He couldn't. So just like everybody else, they fooled Elvis too.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've been doing it for years. They're pretty good at it.
0: So that was in 2015. For another three years, the abuse continued, as it had been for upwards of three decades at this point. But lo and behold, there is a glimmer of hope on the horizon. Because 17-year-old Jordan Turpin was given an iPhone by her older brother. And the phone wasn't activated, but she was able to connect to the Wi-Fi and watch videos on YouTube. But she would have to do this when the parents were out of the house or when the parents were sleeping. Because if they ever found this out, she'd be beaten and most likely locked in a cage of some sort or chained to her bed. So what she would do is watch these when she knew that she wouldn't get caught. She became obsessed with your favorite artist, Chris, Justin Bieber. She actually got really into Bieber and his music. And she said that that inspired her to make a change She didn't want to live this life of abuse that she had been living since her birth. And at this point, she's 17 years old. So to make a long story short, on that fateful night of January 14th, 2018, Jordan, upon overhearing her parents talking about the possibility that they were going to be moving to Oklahoma in a few days, because this is what they do. You know, once they run out of money or they foreclose on a home, they split and go somewhere else. And David must have landed another job there. So Jordan's thinking now, I have to do something now. I got this phone on me. If we end up moving, I don't know what's gonna happen. It can only get worse. So in the early morning hours of January 14th of 2018, Jordan and her younger sister, who was 13 at a time, crawled out through their bedroom window and ran down the street. They didn't really know the neighborhood so well. I mean, they can identify a few places from being outside once in a while. So anyway, Jordan kept going. Jordan's younger sister became frightened, and she went back into the house. That's the kind of control that they had over their children. This poor little girl was absolutely terrified to be outside. But that didn't deter Jordan. Jordan knew it was basically now or never, because if they found out that she was outside this house, she'd be dead. They would probably kill her. So now she gets to the end of the block where she feels a safe distance away from the house, and then she proceeds to call 911. And remember, even though the cell phone was deactivated, you can still make emergency phone calls. And I'm gonna play some of that 911 call now. This
1: is 911, do you have an emergency? Uh, I just went away from home because I live in a family of 15, okay? Can you hear me? And we have abused parents. Did you hear that? Okay, how did they abuse you? Okay. They hit us. They throw us. Cro- they like to throw us across the room.
0: They pull our hair. They they yank out our
1: hair. I have two my two little sisters right now are chained up. Okay, how old are you? I'm 17. What's your name? Golden Turtle.
0: So. There you have it, Chris. That's just some of the 911 call. And if you'll notice, uh, Jordan sounds very young. I mean, she sounds like maybe she's 9 or 10 years old, not 17 years old.
1: Yeah, she sounds really young.
0: And that's just the result of a lifetime of malnutrition, lack of education, and physical and mental abuse. She even spelled her name wrong on the 911 call. She spelt it T-U-R-P-E-N. So she didn't even know how to spell her last name correctly. And she had trouble answering very simple questions. Like, what was the address of the house? What block is she on? She's never had outside experiences that weren't controlled by her parents. So just imagine the absolute bravery that that took. It's at that point, Chris, that a deputy then finds Jordan's location. He says that basically... She was absolutely filthy. There was so much dirt kicked on her. She obviously wasn't well taken care of, so he didn't know what to think. But she had pictures on her phone of her siblings being chained to the bed. So with that proof, the police had all that they needed to go to that house and check on the safety of the rest of the turpin children. And when the police got in there, Chris, they found the same thing. And there's actually a video of this. Floor-to-ceiling trash. Trash everywhere they found human feces smeared on a wall rotted food and they also found brand new items with still with the price tags on them and what, what the police really wanted to do was find the kids tied up this way they can make an immediate arrest on the turpins and lo and behold chris they went to a back room and they found the two children chained to the beds The police immediately arrest David and Luis, put them in the back of the car. They were taken to jail. And at that point, they were charged with 12 counts of torture, 12 counts of false imprisonment, seven counts of abuse of a dependent adult, six counts of child abuse. And David actually received an additional charge of a lewd act on a child under 14. And uh, we find out, that the judge set the bail at 9 million dollars for Luis and 12 million dollars for David. So basically for all intents and purposes Chris, they are not getting out.
1: Good fuck them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right Chris, but um why don't you tell us what happened on February 22nd of 2019?
1: Well, that is when David and Luis changed their not guilty pleas to a guilty one count of torture, three counts of willful child cruelty, four counts of false imprisonment, and six counts of cruelty to an adult dependent. Both were sentenced to life imprisonment.
0: Hold on, let me see on the fireworks for that, Chris. Life in prison, huh?
1: Life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years.
0: Oh, fuck that.
1: But people say, I guess, that they'll never receive parole due to the severity of the crime, effectively making it a life sentence.
0: Beautiful. That's exactly where we want them. And I can only imagine that... David is going to have a very difficult time in prison, especially with uh, this being a widely recognized case and having that goofy-ass haircut that he does. I think he's going to get exactly what he does deserve, and let's hope Luis gets the same treatment. So that's it, man. That is the story of the Turpin family. And you would think that they would find some help and enter loving homes and get an education, have people assist them financially and whatnot. And they did. Or did they? Because there had been over $200,000 raised for the Turpin children, but these children have not seen one dime of it. And furthermore, the older children were helped out with some assisted living. As Jordan said that, she didn't know how to even get a job, how to get an apartment. She had no money, had no life skills, basically. She was able to get a little help, but not much. But unfortunately, the younger children were put into different foster homes. And get this, one of the families that fostered the children was actually accused of abuse. So the younger Turpin children left one house of horrors just to enter another one. There's no luck for these children. No good things happen. It's just one bad thing after the next. And uh, we find out that your boys over at uh, 2020, they actually did a special in November of 2021 called Escape from the House of Horror. And uh, it's reported that some of the Turpin children are, as I said, now being neglected by Riverside County Social Services, where all that money was supposedly to be dispersed through, and now some of the adult children are actually homeless. So, yeah, I mean, they just continue to find themselves in, in dire situations. But just last month, Chris, in July of 2022, the Turpin siblings filed a lawsuit against California's Riverside Superior Court against the foster care agency that placed them into a home where they were already subjected to further abuse and neglect. Let's just hope that the skunks over there in Riverside County do the right thing and pay up and give these children their money. I mean, my God, they have suffered enough.
1: Seriously, I mean, come on.
0: So that's where things stand with the Turpin family today. So, Chris, I have got to get out of here, man. I am burning alive in the BTCRF. So let's give the rundown and we can get the hell out of here. If you want to get in touch with you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch with us on Facebook, Between the Cracks Podcast, or on Instagram, Between the Cracks Podcast. If you really need to get in touch with us, you can go digging between Chris's cracks, and you may be able to find some information there.
1: Oh, the fuck you can.
0: <laughs> so, without any further ado, Chris, what do you say we wish the fine, fine people out in podcast land the fondest oh, a farewells.